I'm Regina Beach, and you're listening to Saturn Returns, a show about stories with a clear before and after. Today you'll hear about the second week of my cycling trip with Craig from Milan, Italy to Split, Croatia. Today is Saturday, and we are in the process of going to Padua. It's about 12.30, we're stopping for lunch, and we're going to cook some risotto and have some peanuts, um, usually for breakfast. We wake up and we make a pot of instant coffee with cinnamon, and we eat a couple breakfast bars, and then get on the road. And we stop for a second breakfast of a coffee and a croissant or a pastry along the way wherever our route takes us and then we cook lunch which has been really nice having risotto packets or sandwiches with prosciutto and cheese that we buy locally Um, for dinner we'll either cook ourselves or we go out to eat last night we had pizza and wine at a vineyard but we've also cooked pasta and um, made dinner ourselves too. How's the food been in Italy so far? Oh my god, food here is amazing. Ham, cheese, these risotto packets are awesome. I mean, I know we're cycling, so we're using quite a lot of energy, but it's just exactly what you need. It's in a, it's in a packet, it's two minutes with a bit of water, it's ready, it's really nice risotto, and it's absolutely packed full of carbs, it's amazing. I really hope to have them in England. We also have some snacks. We have some spicy round crackers, some peanuts, some bars. And if we see a fruit stand, we stop. We buy some fruit. Oh, here is the camping gas. There's the pocket rocket. There's the pocket rocket. Uh, It's really inspiring to be in Italy. There are so many cyclists. We haven't seen any other tourists, but there are so many teams, racers, people who are super fit going up huge mountains coming down really fast and I'm just like plodding away in low gears trying to get up this hill with all the weight on the back and it's just so cool to see everybody so into cycling. It's Sunday morning and we're leaving Padua to go towards Venice this morning. Yesterday we cycled about uh, 30k even though it was supposed to be an off day. And Padua was stunning. We walked all over the town, looked at the old Jewish ghetto, had some delicious aperitivo, some wine, uh, saw some old buildings. And then when we got back to the accommodations that we booked, where we had dropped off our luggage earlier in the day, they had a little surprise for us. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure how, um, but we were there on the 27th, and somehow um, we'd reserved for the 28th, uh, which isn't great. So we were there a day early, um, which we assume wouldn't be a problem, as when we turned up at the accommodation earlier, the whole place is a ghost town. Uh, no, not the case. <laughs> so they told us kind of last minute that we had to haul ass all the way across town um, at about, what time is it? About 9 o'clock at night? Yeah, so the reception at their sister accommodation closed at 9pm, and it was about... 8.40, we had just ordered a pizza, gotten a beer, we were ready to settle in for the night, and the lady at the front desk is like, well, you're going to need to either get a cab or cycle six kilometers to the other side of Padua. And so we loaded up the bikes faster than we ever have, and we rode like the wind and got to the place that we're at now, which was fine. The guy waited at the reception for us, we checked in, and um, we had a lovely hot shower and a nice bed to sleep in so it all worked out in the end 
Yeah, it's a nice place. Um, strange use of room. Um, but yeah, so we're going to leave here today. Um, we're going to be on our way towards Jolly Camping um, in Margarita, just outside Venice. Got about 30k to do today. Yeah, it should be fun. Looking forward to it. It looks like it's been raining, but the sun has just come out. The sun come out and we've done 324 kilometers yeah. so far since we left milan uh about a week ago mm. more importantly 840 meters of climbing <laughs> we've a- gone up 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 and down today is going to be flat which is great um craig on this trip has stopped smoking how do you feel not having cigarettes um okay actually funnily enough doing cardio exercise every single day is a really good way to quit smoking um, I haven't even really thought about it that much, um, except to think like, wow, okay, <laughs> I don't think I could do this if I was smoking every day. Great. So we're we're fit, we're going on, we're cycling. Anything else you want to add? Mm, no. Great. Touring by bicycle is by no means easy. It's hard work. You have to figure out where you're going to stay, how you're going to feed yourself, what you want to see, and you're definitely at the mercy of the weather. But it is the most intimate, lovely way to see a place. You see all the small towns, all the farmland in between, talk to local people, and you can get on and off the bike at a whim. You can camp pretty much wherever, and you can get a snack. The ride is the activity. The journey is the destination. It's such a lovely, lovely way to see the world. I discovered cycle touring last year when I was living and teaching in Laos. I cycled two-thirds of the country, and as soon as I got back to the States in June, I bought a touring bicycle and set out on a two-day tour from Columbus, Ohio to Cleveland, where my parents live. I decided, yep, I still really like this. I decided that I would spend a few weeks cycling in Massachusetts, New Hampshire, up to northern Maine. At the time, that was about the longest trip I had done. It was about 500 miles. And this trip in Europe is about 1,000 kilometers, which is roughly 600 miles. Craig, Craig, what's been your experience with touring in the past? Um, We did a charity tour once from London to Paris. Uh, We followed a route called Les Avenues de Ver, which if you haven't done it, you should really try it. Um, It's basically a cycle route that runs all the way from Paris to London. Uh, which was built for the 2012 Olympics. Um, so Parisians wanted to get to the London Olympics with a low-carbon footprint. They could just cycle it. Um, it's a really good cycle. I think I've just checked the distance on it, and it's uh, it's about 419 kilometres altogether, um, although 100 of that is over the channel. So it's just about 300 kilometres, 320 kilometres. Quite a lot of climbing. Um, when you leave London, uh, you go through the Downs, and then also on the way down to Paris, there's quite a few sharp climbs. But I think in total it was probably about 320 kilometres of cycling um, and about 1,200 metres of climbing. Um, and I think we did that over, I can't remember, it was over three or four days. I think it might have been three days of cycling altogether. Um, I'm going to be honest, um, it was a bit more gruelling than what we've done here. I'm not entirely sure why. I don't know whether that was because I took too much stuff with me. I don't know if it's because I wasn't quite as experienced in, in touring then. Um, but we certainly had a harder time of it, I think. Um, although so far, we've already done more distance um, than we did on that trip. Uh, not quite as much climb, but definitely more distance so far. Um, and yeah, it's going really well. So I've had about um, a month and a half experience on the road, and now we've put in another week. But this month will definitely be the longest, both in mileage and in time, that I've spent on my bicycle. 
Yeah, I mean, that was the other thing. When we did the last trip, it was kind of one and done. We did three days cycling, and I didn't want to see my bike for another few days. I think yesterday was our rest day, apparently. I think we did about 36k on our rest day, um, which today isn't a rest day, and I think we're probably going to do about the same. So I think so far we haven't actually had a day off, um, which I don't think is too bad a thing. I don't think you can do, you can't do huge days every day. Um, if you are planning on doing a trip, it's possible to do a few big days and then a few short days and kind of keep moving that way. Um, but it is good to rest too. Yeah, so when we were doing those big hills, uh, my left knee started hurting, and that's why I said I really need to cool it out. So yesterday we went to a pharmacy and talked to the chemist, pharmacist, doctor man in charades and he was speaking back in Italian and poking my knee and measuring it and mm-hmm. my knee is 34 centimeters around for anyone who's super into biometrics and I got a little uh, compression sleeve and it's felt a lot better but definitely it's a marathon not a sprint and if you push yourself every day then you burn out and it doesn't it's no longer fun it's definitely you've got to balance going and seeing things walking around taking tours or eating something nice and actually having fun instead of just blasting through the route Mm, i mean this is another thing i guess that comes with planning i don't think i plan for this um particularly well i guess um if you are trying to planning on trying to trip the the app navik is really good because it tells you exactly what climbs you're doing and where the inclines are um it'll tell you what distances you're doing you can plot a route for multiple places and then kind of give it a little overview of what the distance or what the incline's like uh, one thing I'll definitely do next time is take all my kit with me, probably add another 10k on it for food, uh, and then try and climb a big hill locally and see how I get on. I really struggled with some of the big hills just because of the weight on the back. I think I probably could have made it without the extra weight, um, but with the extra weight on the back, it's kind of made my bike about 40 kilos. It's a lot heavier than it normally is, um, and I think we struggled to make it up there. So I guess the moral of the story really is, <laughs> yeah, look at the incline and don't try and plan too big a day around it. If it's going to be steep, you're not going to make much distance. Um, which sounds really obvious, but it's, <laughs> it's a lot harder actually doing it than it is looking at a computer screen and seeing <laughs> how, how tall it is. Naviki's been pretty good to us. It definitely takes us on some interesting jogs. We've gone on um, little detours in people's property, in vineyards, on cobblestone, on paved road, packed gravel, dirt, grass, <laughs> all types of things. And sometimes Naviki will take little weird side detours but all in all it's really nice to see how fast you're going how um like the pace compared to the distance the elevation it's been a a really good app and so we have both have the free version and then i think you upgraded for a few dollars to get the paid offline version um yeah i mean you can buy the maps for individual countries i haven't actually done that one yet i bought the um uh, turn-by-turn navigation which is kind of useful because it gives you a bit more of an overview rather than just constantly telling you where you're going you can look at the map ahead it'll tell you where turns are coming up that kind of thing and it's a good application sometimes you do have to take what it says with a bit of a pinch of salt uh, i think a good example was yesterday um, we were actually on a road i mean i guess the thing is it doesn't it doesn't know the context of what cycling you're doing it doesn't know that i'm on a road bike with thin tires with a bag on the back it just knows that i want to go somewhere on a bicycle so the example being that we were on a very smooth, sealed road that was actually really steep, really windy, and turned out to be completely awesome. It's probably about maybe 15 or 16 different hairpin turns, down maybe like a 6k descent, um, down a mountain. It's amazing, one of the best roads I've ever ridden down. Um, but the application kept trying to send me down little side routes, which presumably is where mountain bikers would go. 
Um, I definitely didn't want to go down them, um, and actually the road was really fun. So you do kind of yeah, you don't you can't really follow it religiously. You kind of got to take it with a pinch of salt, but it'll always roughly get you where you need to go. Yeah, all in all, it's been better to us than Maps.me or Google Maps, which we've also used intermittently to get around places. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I know in the UK, and I'm not sure about in the US, but I know in the UK, um, Google Maps has a cycle setting on it. So it'll take you down cycle paths, it'll take you around bridleways, that kind of thing. It doesn't seem to have that here for some reason. Which is strange because like in so many people you see so many people out cycling. Yeah, so. we've seen so many Italians on bicycles, but they don't have Google Maps cycling. But we've been using the walking and sometimes it leads you up steps, like yesterday where we had to yeah, find yeah, an alternative route nice. because we can't take the bikes with the bags up the stairs. Yeah, it's just, just things like this. Sometimes it might route you over like a pedestrian crossing over a flyover or something like that and you kind of got to deal with that, but um, Naviki generally tends to send you like the, the most cycle-friendly way. There's just the odd times, like, yeah, where it does try and send you down a downhill route, which is uh, it's, would have been interesting. I think if I was on my own, I might have been up for it, but probably not. <laughs> Venice is in a state of emergency, so everything is flooded, and the water taxis are running on different routes than they normally are. But we did finally make it to a taxi that's going to take us island hopping to Torcello, Murano, and Burano today. How do you like in Venice? Yeah, it's cool, man. It's absolutely amazing city. Uh, just had to take my shoes and socks off to walk down the street, which is pretty good. But there's absolutely no way I'm wearing plastic bags on my feet. I'm just going to act like a Venetian and deal with it. All the people are buying these 10 euro boot covers that are basically like big plastic condoms that come up to the middle of your shin in various colors. And I've decided to uh, get some use out of these neoprene booties that I, for God knows what reason, decided to pack with me in my cycling bags. And Craig has gone for the barefoot hobo look, but it's, both are working pretty well. Yeah, I prefer the hobo look, to be completely honest. I mean, the thing is, the streets here are completely clean anyway because it just constantly rains and washes them into the water so there's no glass or debris anywhere um it's actually quite nice wandering around barefoot venice is beautiful full of bridges lots of water lots of boats and today lots of islands we left venice and it was supposed to thunderstorm all day today but really the sun came out and it's been very nice considering all of the flooding and the rain that and the tides that have caused a lot of damage in the area we went over a bridge and a whole roundabout and had flooded because of the overflowing of the banks of the river and uh, now we're at dpu discount food mart where we're having a taste off between coca-cola and texas's in cola what's the verdict um Texas cola just tastes a bit like cola bottles. Coca-Cola, well, tastes like Coca-Cola. How was the rest of the Venice trip? <laughs> Second day was pretty funny. Yeah, Venice is underwater. Um, kind of funny, I know. I think a whole bunch of people were quite miserable about it. I thought it was quite funny, personally, because it's pretty tragic that it's happened. But I guess if you're going to see Venice, it's probably best to see what Venice is actually like. And, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much <laughs> sums up what Venice can be. Craig took off his shoes and socks and walked around the streets up to his knees with water and bare feet. And I had my scuba socks on, my neoprene booties, and we got some drinks, walked through, had pretty much a lot of the squares to ourselves. So if you're willing to wade in water, I, uh, I, I can't not recommend Venice when it's flooding. Mm, yeah, very rare you get Venice to yourself, to be honest. It's normally so busy. But yeah, there's quite a few big plazas we walked through that we were literally the only people in it. I mean, yeah, you know, as long as you look up at the buildings and not down at the floor and see the two feet of water underneath you, it's actually pretty cool. 
we tried to go into a bar and we asked the proprietor who was mopping out his uh, restaurant if we could buy Prosecco. Oh, do you have Prosecco? And he said, no, no, only water. There were people bailing out their buildings, people uh, using pumps to pump out the water, putting up these barricades to try to keep the water at bay. But uh, Venice is definitely flooding. And we are on our way to San Michel de... Taglio, Taglio. We don't know what's in store for us, but that's where we're headed today. Last night we camped behind an abandoned restaurant when the clouds became thick with thunder and we could hear it, see the rain coming, and we thought we were in for a storm. There was a warm showers host who told us, don't even stop, take the train to Trieste, the rivers are going to explode with water, it's going to be a huge flood, we might have to be evacuated. It ended up raining for 20 minutes, right as we finished setting up the tent, and then the stars came out. It was actually a nice night, but we were cozy. We didn't want to leave, so we cooked some dinner and slept, woke up this morning, and um, the rains held off. We've been so lucky with weather. A storm cloud followed us for a bit, but it really only sprinkled. And we've been pretty lucky with bike repairs and maintenance, too. Just as we got to Trieste, after 70, 80 kilometers of cycling, when we were looking out over the bay and then going to continue down the hill into town, pop, bing, one of Craig's spokes broke. We looked on the map and were less than a kilometer away from a bike shop that opened in 15 minutes. So we sat in the parking lot for a little while and when the owners returned from their long lunch, because in Italy everyone takes a lunch from 12.30 to 3.30 in the afternoon, which is, you know, not a terrible thing. When they came back, they took his bike right in, said, all right, and now he's on his way to having a perfectly functioning bicycle. For so much of the day, today we were just in the countryside. We ate lunch looking at the Dolomite Mountains near a vineyard, which was picturesque. But if the bike had broke there, I don't know how we would have made it all the way to town. We were on grass for a while, on gravel for a while, off-roading for a long time, and Craig's on a road bike. While it's great, and works his tires are pretty thin and he has a lot of weight on the back so it's impressive that we've only had to deal with one flat and now one broken spoke we're on our way to a couch surfing host i hosted couch surfers when i lived in laos people who were passing through traveling coming in for visas and I just let them stay with me for free in my spare bedroom and sometimes I fed them and sometimes we went out and sometimes they just wanted to do their own thing but I've never been a couch surfer so tonight we're going to stay with someone who's going to a So Far Sounds show. So Far Sounds is another organization that I love. We can't go because we don't have tickets but you find a date that works for you sign up for the show and you have no idea where it's going to be or what bands are playing until the day of they tell you where to show up and the music could be a total surprise Craig and I have some costumes that we bought at the grocery store so we'll be zombie pirates and we'll find our own fun until our host is done with the concert
Halloween ended up being so much fun. There wasn't a lot of dressing up aside from little kids, but we did manage to go to two different bars. We went to one um, that had Aperitivo, and we drank some rum because we were, in fact, um, pirate zombies. And there was a DJ there. And then we went to a bar called Mushroom, and they had an awesome duet band jam session going on but we were really tired and we were kind of falling asleep at that bar <laughs> yeah um i think the mistake that we made there was cycling 90k one day and then 90k the second day and af- then after, wanting after sleeping in a tent yeah and um, then wanting to go out at night to celebrate halloween yeah uh but the view coming into trieste was beautiful mm. we had a big descent and we met some people that were like oh you're staying with um couch surfers we're couch we are couch surfing host we wish you were staying with us mm, yeah it was quite fun actually um and then we met our host we stayed on his fold out couch in his kitchen um and he was going to a concert and we met up with him probably around 11 afterwards and then we went out to a party in and what would you like a do like a car park a, a warehouse a squat what would you call the building that that party was in mm, i think it was a squat and it was the anti-fascists of trieste that were throwing this party and there was lots of music and lots of dancing and lots of drinking beer and it was fun did you have a good time yeah yeah it was good the next day we definitely slept in and it was raining you slept in i was up pretty early (laughs) i definitely slept in uh we got back kind of late and had drank a lot of beers and so we got on that beautiful cycle path Mm. and left italy well yeah cycled to slovenia which is pretty cool the track leaving trieste to get to slovenia was really nice it's on like an old railway line um, so you've a bit of a climb to get up to where the railway line was, which I imagine used to be the embankment. And then you get onto this amazing path. It's just completely super smooth, straight through the woods, like complete tree-lined, what used to be a train track. Um, and then, yeah, you boot down it for a little while, and there's just a sign saying, you're now entering Slovenia. Um, so we took a couple of pictures on the border. No border p- uh, patrol, no guards, nothing. The beauty of the European Union. Yeah. Free borders. Open the borders. The borders are open. Looking forward to losing this as a Brit. <laughs> I'm really not looking forward to losing this as a Brit. <laughs> so we cycled into Slovenia, and originally we weren't even going to stay the night there. On our original itinerary, we were just going to cut through the little part by the coast and get right into Croatia. Um and we ended up finding a little campsite, and it was beautiful. It was quite nice. Yeah, it was quite funny, actually. It was kind of a campsite tacked onto the side of a luxury hotel, which was a bit odd. Um, yeah, four-star hotel, yeah. and then a uh, like trailer park and a campsite. And a trailer park next to it. So it was quite funny. So we had a campsite in the pine trees, and it had rained all day, so we were pretty soaked. We did some laundry, dried our clothes, which was super, super nice, and went to town and had some dinner, and I finally tried beef carpaccio. Yes. Yeah, it was beef carpaccio. It's really nice. I don't know if you ever tried it, but if not, get to know. It's raw beef sliced really thin, and this was served with olives and capers and some green stuff and some sauces, and I was 
uh, a little hesitant to eat raw beef, uh, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, to be honest, a lot of the raw beef in Slovenia does give you worms. So, um, yeah, just look out for that. Ah! I didn't get sick. We had some um, some homemade wine, and it definitely uh, tasted homemade. Oh, yeah. It's got a good twang to it, that one. And we had some, some grappa, and it definitely will put some hair on your chest. It was very warming. Yeah, he didn't even drink the grappa. I drank yours. I drank half of it, okay, I and then I said, Woo! Yeah, it's quite funny. I actually went into town to try and um, do some shopping. Uh, it turns out it's All Saints Day and everything was closed apart from restaurants. So, did have a really good apple strudel though. Oh, that was a really good apple strudel mm. and very welcoming host. Not even on the menu, and it was only three euro. Huh. So we really loved Slovenia. I would go back. I would cycle yeah. more of Slovenia. It was cycle pass through Slovenia ago. They were just so smooth, beautiful, well almost, marked, almost shiny. Um, yeah, so well marked. Um, yeah, shame we didn't spend more time there, really. Yeah, so definitely cycling Slovenia, secret gem of European cycle touring. Um, today, we crossed another international border. This one did have a checkpoint. I got a stamp in my passport. Did you get a stamp on your passport? No. Because you're still EU and I'm American, so yeah. they're just like, who are you? Here, have a stamp. So it was a big car... <laughs> Um, we were in a car lane going from Slovenia into Croatia on a pretty big road. Um, and then we had another checkpoint and they just waved us through that one. And then we had a huge climb. It was a lot of uphills. Today was yeah, today a lot was, of uphills. Uh, first, first climby climb day. I think we've got a 400 meter climb today. Doesn't sound like that much until you've got to do it and you've got the rain driving in your face. And then it <laughs> suddenly seems quite a lot. Yeah, I'm still wet. Like, I've been wet all day. Like, my stuff is wet. I am wet. My socks are wet. It was pissing down rain for, a, I would say, the majority of the day, which made it even harder. But we did it. Mm-hmm. And we made it to another campsite. Um, we are headed towards Pula. And we did about 45 kilometers today, which wasn't a, a ton. But because of the climbs and the weather, it still feels like a huge achievement. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing. You can't pick the weather and can't pick the terrain. I think uh, tomorrow's going to be a fun day. Judging by the roads that we took to get up here, I think tomorrow's going to be a similar sort of climb, but not on tarmac. It's um, it's not easy on tarmac. I mean, it's always uphill, but it kind of gives you a bit more purchase. But climbing on, like, gravel roads, yeah, that's where it's at. Uh, yeah, it was pretty muddy to get to this campsite and pretty dark and yeah. full of potholes and packed packed dirt packed gravel actually pretty funny i mean we've got here it says there's a 24-hour reception there's nobody here um, there's hardly anybody staying here um i've emailed them to say hey we're here how do i pay you i think i think they're closed i honestly think they're closed i think we just pitched up in a closed place but i don't know it's a bit of a strange one yeah but we are definitely in croatia during the off season like yeah, this is not the is. high I mean, tourist it is off season, season. I, I, I can't imagine there's much point in them having the desk open 24 hours a day at the moment because who's going to turn up um <clears throat> but yeah i'm sure we can find somebody tomorrow and throw some kuna their way yeah so we have new money so we are out of the uh euro zone and now we're using croatian kuna mm. and um i don't understand it, it um, it's seven to the pound yes yeah, about seven or eight to the pound I think. so then it's probably like five or six to the dollar uh, yeah, about that maybe. It's probably about six to the dollar. So I guess like sixty kuna is ten dollars. 
And so we're drinking some beers. We're drinking some Estarco, Favorite, and how would you say that one, do you think? Ozusko. Uh, they're good. They're each about a dollar or so, and um, there's a bottle deposit here, and mm. everything is definitely cheaper than it was in Italy. Yeah, no, marked markedly cheaper. I mean, you know, well, most off licenses in Italy, like one bottle was like two euro fifty, three euros for turning which beer you wanted. And I think here, I mean, some of these were like what five kuna, so it's maybe I don't know a dollar. Yeah, which is um, pretty great. Uh, and you bought some I mean, truffle oil today, and it was I like half the price oil, yeah. that it was when we were in Italy. I mean, well, to be honest, we are we were talking Venice prices, and obviously Venice is going to be expensive for anything because that's Venice, and uh, it's kind of weird, really, because the reason I didn't buy the truffle oil was because Venice completely flooded, and there was no option for me to buy it. But I'm actually quite glad I didn't because we've literally just come over the border into Croatia and just stumbled across a truffle cafe with a truffle shop across the road from it. Um, so I bought some truffle oil, um, and it was considerably cheaper than it was in Venice. But we tasted it, and it tastes the same. It's yeah, delicious. Well, still made of truffles. Uh, we went to a grocery store today, and they didn't have any packet risotto, so that was a little bit of a bummer. But we did get some bananas, some apples. We ate some uh, ravioli for dinner tonight, and we got some croissants for breakfast tomorrow. Uh, what are you looking forward to eating in Croatia? Uh, what am I looking forward to eating in Croatia? I'm looking forward to some grilled meats. So we've just booked an apartment in Pula for uh, a couple of days' time. Um, and that apartment has got a uh, terrace outside it with a barbecue in. So one of the things I'm quite looking forward to is they really, really love their mixed grills and grilled meats in Croatia. So I'm looking forward to getting loads of sausages, lots of steaks, possibly some pork chops. Don't know how much meat you can eat in one sitting. Um, but you get yeah. some meat sweats after our bicycling yeah, sure. sweats. Yeah, and then basically eat loads of meat for breakfast and then walk around the amphitheatre meat sweating all day. That's pretty much what I'm looking forward to doing. Great, so you'll uh, stay tuned for week three and we'll fill you in on all the meats and all the amphitheatres and all the fun in Pula. You've been listening to Saturn Returns. I'm Regina Beach. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe on iTunes or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. See you next time.